Hey guys, we're back with House of Sparky. As always, I'm Bradley. I'm Kevin. And uh, as a great person once said, a win is a win no matter how we get it. But we've got to clean up the mistakes because we're going to play a much, much tougher defender next weekend. Dash Herm Edwards. Before nice. we get into next weekend, we got to talk about this brutal, brutal game. 19-7 was the final score. Uh, ASU did win. They're 2-0. and And the score, honestly... I, that was the worst one I've seen in a long time for ASU. Sacramento State's not a very good team. Um, the line was in the 20s. We should have handled that team. Actually, I think it was in the 30s, the line. It was yeah. Like, yeah. And we were only up 3-0 at half. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm going to let Kevin take this one because he looks so eager to just start speaking about it. He may go on a little rant, guys. I don't know what's going to happen, but here it comes. Yeah, it was probably the most boring game of football I've ever watched my whole entire life. Uh... And the offensive line is still just, to be quite honest, atrocious. They're bad. I know they only left one sack. But so it was just 39 carries, you know, only 91 rushing yards. And it's That's Eno. Embarrassing. It's Eno. He's a stud. Um, just all around the board. And if you look at the offense, at first glance, you won't think it was that bad, 395 yards. Uh, but 124 of those came on two plays. Two yeah. Two long pass plays. Um and yeah, it was just all around. We should have crushed the team. We should have beat this team by thirty. If you watched the game, you would know. Uh, and again, defense played amazing. Defense, we'll give you a round of applause over yeah. here because that was Woo! another stellar performance for you guys. But if you look at the stats by half, first half three points, seventy-eight total yards, average two point nine yards a play. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's not even good for a quarter. And that was the first half. I mean, the second half they did pick it up with sixteen points. 317 yards and 8.1 yards of play. So big shout out to Herm Edwards. You fired them up in the locker room, but I mean, still, guys. Like, it's the same story as last week. You know, you get out to a really slow start. It, it works against teams like Sacramento State and teams like Kent State, but it, keep doing this all season. It's not going to work. We're going to get stomped on right in the beginning of the game. We're not be able to come back. I mean, um, it's true. It's, I mean, it's definitely true. There were some positives, though. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. Daniel still has zero interceptions, which is great. I mean, he really teams. didn't play that bad. Special teams didn't miss a kick. And wideouts are still playing really well. Still a lot of like diverse players in the wideouts. Uh, everyone's getting touches. Um, I mean, again, Brandon Ayuk, he's my MVP of this game. You know, four receptions, ninety-eight yards, and a punt return of 30, 38 yards. That's which, a solid punt return. That flips the field right there. Yeah, which if the offense could do anything with, the offense fumbled. Right from the get down to the, I think he took it down to about the eight yard line, uh, and we fumbled two or three plays later. It's just it's just the mistakes. They keep making mistakes. And if you go through it, speaking of mistakes, you see four penalties, and you think, oh, that's a pretty solid, like well coached game. But that's four penalties for sixty yards, and it called back a super long touchdown. So you look at that, and that's just another missed opportunity. So again, nineteen to seven looks awful. It was awful, but. There's just missed opportunities. We were in scoring position. We just kept turning the ball over. We kept making dumb penalties and just costly big penalties. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. thank God for the defense. If it wasn't for the defense, we could honestly be on two right now. That's that would be 100% correct. Averaging seven points a game. Both games only up seven points. Uh, I mean, and they're just getting tired at the end of the game at those points. Most of the game, they played 50 minutes of great defense last, last week. Um... But again, I mean, just all around offensively, not not a good night. 
That's, you know Benjamin even, 24 carries, 69 yards. That's not very good. That's only averaging 2.9 yards a carry. And his long was 33. Um, I mean, again, just offensively not nothing to be proud of there. I do have to give a shout-out to Eno Benjamin, though. He bailed ASU out with a 72-yard catch and run in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, before that, it was 12-7, to and that's anyone's game there. And that's on a third and one. I mean, we were about to go three and out, and all of a sudden he breaks one out on a, I think it was like a 10-yard catch, and uh, then he ended up taking it to the house. So thank God for that. But there were so many different times watching this game where I genuinely thought, we were going to lose this game. This is a trap game. We have a, Everyone knows who we play next, Michigan State, 18th-ranked team in the nation. This is that perfect trap game where we play a team, we're already looking ahead, and we genuinely play down to our talent or to the other team's talent level. All the respect in the world to Sacramento State, they showed up, they gave it their all. Um, but if we expect to go anywhere this year, we, we cannot play like this ever again. Mm-hmm. And again, the kicking game was the reason we won this game, along with the defense, obviously. Christians but, and Dejas, baby. Another shout-out to you. Yep, yeah, four for four. Uh, you don't see that a lot in college, especially with 36, 35, 26, and 26. Most college kickers will make those 26 yarders, but you never know in college with 36 to 35 yarders. Uh, and that was really important. Our kicking game is, and he's our backup. That's true. So our kicking and punting teams are playing very well right now. The punter, once again, flipping the field, mm-hmm. pinning them deep in their own territory. That's it. The defense and special teams were the only bright sides, which brings in my MVP. DJ Davidson, big round of applause for you again. He had one sack. It was a huge sack on a third down, and he had 2.5 tackles for loss. And if you just watched the game, you always saw Davidson just in there hitting the quarterback, a couple quarterback hits, a lot of hurry-ups. I mean, he was just a wrecking ball down there. He's a great overall player. And another shout-out to Cam Phillips with the late interception to save the game. They went for it on fourth and one to try to, you know, get back in there, but... Mr. Phillips said, no, thank you. I'd rather get an interception than you guys get this first down. Yeah, uh, and another guy on the defense, Chase Lucas, played amazing. Seven sack, I mean, seven tackles, all of which were solo tackles in the open field. Uh, and that's just a very difficult thing to do, especially as a cornerback. Yeah, like seven that's not open even... field tackles by yourself, that's, that's pretty crazy. Those are fantastic linebacker numbers. And mm-hmm. we're talking about a cornerback here. Seven solo tackles. Another round of applause for you. The defense had four forced fumbles, honestly. They only yeah, recovered one, but recover those. great hitting team. I like the way they, they were hitting. They were attacking. They play that swarm defense where the second someone has the ball, everyone drops what they're doing and goes all yeah. swarm mode it's gang on Gang tackling. It's perfect. It's TJ Ray when you get into football, you know, gang tackle. I mean, that's what they do well. Uh, they really get after the ball. Uh, put the helmet right into the ball. I do have one... One more thing about that game before we move on to next week's preview. What could we have done better other than the offensive line? Like, you look at Daniel's numbers and you see his numbers really were not that bad, but. Uh, I would say the rush game. The rush game for sure. Yeah. I mean, 39 carries, 91 yards is pretty weak. And it's not like we don't have good backs. We're very skilled. We just got to find a way to find the holes or open up the holes, even. Again, the offensive line is just. That needs to get better, especially next week. Going against a defense like Michigan State, the offense line needs to get better, or else we're going to get blown out. And there's no better segue into next week's game than that. I mean, it's a 1 p.m. game. ESPN gives us an 11.2% chance to win on a sunny Saturday afternoon, 77 degrees. I mean, you look at these two teams next to each other, they're pretty similar. But, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a tough one to win. It's away, obviously. 
But ASU is the 21st ranked defense in the nation. Michigan State's the 13th ranked defense. Tell me what you think, Kevin. I mean, this is going to be a the, tough one to win, no doubt. The thing that sticks out the most to me, and sorry to keep harping on the offensive line, but Michigan State's defense has allowed negative three rushing yards. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking they're going to have an absolute field day on the Arizona State offensive line. And yes, they've played two games. That that's not a that's yeah. not a false fact. They have allowed negative three rushing yards. That's not one quarter. That's two whole games. Eight quarters. A total of negative three rushing yards. That's, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Like. That's unheard of. On the other hand, I mean, ASU has only allowed 81 rushing yards. Another shout-out to the defensive line up there. But we, Eno Benjamin has been our safety net. He's been our playmaker in big times. He's our veteran. If we want any chance to win this game, we have to get him involved. We have to be able to open up the holes. And I I don't see that being able to happen with the way our offensive line has been playing of late. I mean, this is against Sacramento State and Kent State, two teams who just have no history of being very, like, competitive teams we've been the favorite by over 20 in both games and we really haven't established the run game as much as we would want to so going in to michigan state's territory i mean they're mad at us last year we stole a win in arizona state uh last year ruiz with the clutch field goal and the kill harry we all remember him obviously oh, yeah great great guy yeah overall great guy I, I don't know this game scares me i do think it's going to be close though i don't think that the line of 14 is very fair i think that's kind of a big that's a that's a pretty big line, honestly. For a, it's going to be an intense game. I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but there's some bad blood there. I mean, we were definitely not nice yeah. to them when they came to. When they came the to fans are pretty upset. I remember that. Yeah, I definitely remember that. There were some rude words, honestly, that mm-hmm. were just being spread throughout. Foul stuff they're saying up there in East Lansing. Yeah, and well, I I don't know. I, if we come to play, we're a very competitive team. You compare the two quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, thirty-two for fifty-one, five hundred eighty-eight yards, three touchdowns through two games, and. Michigan State's quarterback, Brian Lewerke, 44 for 69, 506 yards, four touchdown, and an interception. So true freshman, have an interception. once again, no interceptions. That's another bright point. But it, honestly, the only thing, and it's honestly getting a little bit annoying having to repeat this so many times, the offensive line, yeah. please step up. If you listen, that's all I ask of you. I like you guys genuinely. I think you're probably all great guys. I haven't met any of you, but nothing personal. Strictly football. Please step up on the offensive line because we don't want Daniels getting hurt. He's playing great so far for a true freshman, and if he keeps, if we can't hold, if we can't protect him, he's a pretty thin guy. You guys have seen him, and as shifty as he is, he'll get nailed eventually. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time before he gets lit up. And I'm not saying to abandon the rush game. I mean, oh no, AC football it runs through you know Benjamin. That's a fact. He already has 46 carries this year. We can't just get in there and run the ball two times on the first drive and get zero yards and then just start passing the rest of the game. Speaking of run game, Michigan State has a monstrous run game. Elijah. Elijah Collins. Collins. We're going to be hearing that name, no doubt, a lot this next weekend. 25 carries for 209 yards. That's averaging about 8 yards a carry. That's That's pretty ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's two games, 8 yards a carry. That's no fluke. That's a guy who knows how to play. I mean, he's been a menace all year, and he was a menace last year. He was great last year. And hopefully hopefully we can contain him. I mean... We got to call upon our stars up there. Lucas, the corners, are going to have to make some big tackles. DJ Davidson's going to have to step up again, get those tackles for losses. And that's the only way we're going to be able to contain that. And they use about three different backs, Michigan State. They filter them in and out. They keep them fresh. That's why Collins only has 25 carries. Uh, they, they'll use Elijah Collins, Connor Hayward, and Ladarius Jefferson. Um, so, yeah, it's just keeping the defensive line fresh. 
That won't be an issue. There's a lot of depth on ASU's defensive line. Again, I don't think defense is the issue at all. Uh, I think we can defensively stay very competitive with Michigan State's offense. Uh, I just don't know if our offense can stay competitive with their defense. That's true, and that brings us, I mean, it's not just the run game. They also have Daryl Stewart Jr., and that's the guy that we have to guard. He already has 16 catches, 241 yards, and a touchdown. Probably be Chase Lucas on him. I'll take that matchup. I honestly will. I mean, Stewart Jr. is a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's no Chase Lucas. No, nobody is. No one's a Chase Lucas other than Chase himself. But on the other side of the ball, Michigan State has Kenny Wilkins. He's a 6'4", 260-pound senior. He's a defensive end. Look for him on the field, number 48. Or he has 12 tackles and three and a half sacks. So that just goes to our O-line. We're going to need to put a double team on there. Maybe Eno's going to stay back and block a little bit because that's a big guy. And yeah. That's a guy that's going to be tough to stop. And if we can contain him, honestly, we can establish some sort of run game. Eno goes for about 90 yards again. I, I could see us winning this game, genuinely. Yeah, I can see that too. But if we cannot establish an offensive line presence and they're just on, like not even having to blitz us, they're able to drop eight, rush three, and they're still getting the quarterback, there is 0% chance we win this game. Yeah, if we I, can force them to send the blitz and have man coverage on our receivers, this is a game we can definitely win. And it's against the number 18 team in the nation. So Arizona State is going to be looked at, going to be looking into getting ranked if they can pull off this win. Yeah, 3-0 with that resume winning against the number 18 team in the country at Michigan State. Uh, they could very well get ranked after this game. Uh, but... As you were saying earlier, you thought minus fourteen uh, was a little soft. I think it's a little, I think it's a little uh, generous. Do you know? Yeah, I think we're, we might lose by twenty plus. Honestly. All right, so give me Three. your score prediction. Let's go through a little bit of stats here. We have some time. So uh, where do you see Lewerke going? How many yards do you think he's throwing against our defense? I two. I don't see him doing anything special. Maybe two fifty. Two fifty. Okay, we could do that. Two fifty. Maybe a pick here and there. Yeah. One pick, two touchdowns, probably. What about Big Collins? Um, He's going to run all the uh, I'm giving him 90 yards. 90. Just because he doesn't get the ball that much. Now he only has 25 touches in two games. Uh, I think if they keep pounding, give him the ball and they're pounding the rock, I think he could get over 100. But, yeah, I'd say about 90. And you? And one touchdown. So what's your final score prediction there on the game? I'm going to say 28-10. 28-10 Michigan State? Yeah. And you guys can call me bias if you're listening. But I'm going to go the other way. I think Jaden Daniels, this is going to be his signature win of the season. It's a team we've proven we can beat. And I don't think this team is much worse than last year. I actually think we're, I think defensively we're much stronger. The only part we got weaker, sorry again, is the offensive line. And of course losing Nikhil Harry. But I have Eno Benjamin going the other way against Collins. He's going to outrun Collins. And Jaden Daniels going to, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I think he throws his first pick this game. It's a loud yeah. stadium. It's a super intense game. It's against a fantastic defense. We're just going to see how Jane Daniels can handle the pressure because this is definitely a pressure-filled game. He has all of Tempe behind him, all of Tempe rooting for him, except Kevin, I guess, who doesn't think no, I, I want, pull this one don't, out. I, don't get me wrong. I hope, I hope you're right. The only way I think ASU wins this game is if uh, Michigan State gets the ball first, we force a quick three and out uh, to give ASU short field. And then we have to get the first touchdown. If we don't get the first touchdown, I think it'll be over. I mean, Michigan State's crowd is going to hop right on us, and I think Jane Daniels get pretty shook. But if we score first, I think, and silence the crowd, I think we can win. But 
this may be too detailed, but I honestly do not want the ball first. I want to put our defense out oh, there yeah. first, get the momentum, hush the crowd on a quick three and out. I mean, if we can get them off the field in, let's say, six plays, they, let's, well, they'll pick up a couple. First. They'll pick up one first down, maybe the first drive, and then we get them to punt. Flip the field, we get a good punt return by Uke. I think that's the way we got to do this. It's going to be a ground-and-pound game. I do not think it's going to be high-scoring at all. I mean, these are two phenomenal defenses, as we stated, and we just cannot turn the ball over, and we cannot make these costly penalties if we want to yeah. win this game. And we're very talented all around. It's just a lot of receivers. Jane Dennis has all the weapons he could want. He just doesn't have the time to find them. So is the issue. If he can have the time, we all know he's accurate, and he can run. Uh, if they are locked up. But if he has the time, I think the sky's the limit for Jaden Daniels. But I just don't think he'll have the time on Saturday. See, I'm glad you said that about him being able to run because that's another point I wanted to come across on this. I think he's going to be running a lot. I think there's going to be some designed runs mm -hmm. because I don't think it's a secret that our O-line isn't very strong. I think, obviously, Herm knows that. I think he's going to do whatever he can. He's a great coach, obviously. You see him come out of halftime all pumped up and playing a different level of football. So I think... Daniel's going to have some designed runs. Hopefully he knows how to slide because we don't want him getting hurt. Or he gets out of bounds quickly. Or he just takes it to the house. That'd be cool, too. Mm -hmm. That's the way to avoid injury, too, taking it to the house. But I don't think Lewerke is that good. I'm sorry if that offends anyone out there. I watched him last year. I covered this game last year for Blaze Radio. So I studied this guy. He was a Heisman candidate beginning of the season last year. And then he came to Tempe, and he honestly was not the same after the Tempe game. He's very average. He's a the definition of average, I would say. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing special there. He is a big guy. I think he's about 6'4", so he's he's going to be tough to bring down. But average is a great word to describe him. Uh, he's not going to tear us up. It, we're going to be shooting ourselves in the foot if we get destroyed this game. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only way that we genuinely fall out of this game is if we just continue to do the dumb penalties on just things that didn't even need... Like that, It doesn't need to happen. Yeah. Like, the, the holding call where... You were beat, let him go. Daniels can run. Like, he sees him coming. It's a dumb holding call. Stuff like that we just can't allow if we want to win this game at all. Yeah. If Daniels can step up in the pocket when the pocket collapses, because the pocket will collapse eventually, uh, and either use his feet or step up to buy himself some more time to find his good wide receivers, uh, then again, that's the only way we'll win this game. He needs time. If he has time, he can do anything. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the only way we win. And I don't think that happens. I love the haters, and I know all of Tempe does, Kevin. Can I you... hope I'm firing them up. I hope they're listening. I hope they're trying to prove me wrong. But... Prove them wrong, O-line. Prove me wrong, too, because I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of slandering the O-line as well. So prove us wrong, because we've yet to see it, and we're rooting for you. It's not like we want you, obviously, to not succeed. But as of right now, I haven't seen anything that's impressed me on the O-line. I'm just sad to say, because I think that's probably the second most important thing about a football team right behind the quarterback. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the only thing really on ASU that's not above average, I think. I agree I with that. Especially special teams. Offense is hitting on all cylinders right now. and Except for the offensive line. Yeah, Defense is going crazy. Special teams is going crazy. So, which is a shame. But I think if they can turn it around this week, then it'll be, it'll be perfect. I mean, the defense only has given up what? They average seven points let up a game? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, they've given up seven points in two games. Granted, they haven't been against very good teams, but still, I mean, that's tough to hold anyone in just seven points or to allow 14 total points through two games. Yeah. And you've obviously heard our predictions about who we think is going to win that game, so let's go to the rest of the Pac-12. This was a 
crazy weekend, and I'm the first to tell you that I'm the first. I think Kevin's going to agree with me. We were kind of wrong about the Pac-12 this year. We were very wrong, yeah. We thought it was a two-horse race, maybe even just a one-horse race, but a lot of upsets this week in the Pac-12. I think about three upsets. Yeah, I mean, Cal took down Washington, and we were we were praising Washington last week. So, Washington, I'm a little bit upset with you. You kind of let me down there. And USC took down Stanford. These were crazy upsets that no one really saw coming. I mean, these were – USC was – I guess that one's not much of an upset. Stanford was 23 in the nation. USC, I'd say, was probably ranked like 26 unofficially. And Colorado beat Nebraska. That one was a huge win. That one – That was that was big for them. Good for them, honestly. I mean, it just makes our – once we get our Pac-12 wins, it's going to just make us have a stronger resume. It's just going to make us stronger. But I, I honestly cannot get over that Washington lost to Cal. Yeah, at home. At home. To Even Cal. Washington, yeah. To Cal, I have to just reiterate that it wasn't Washington State that they lost to, it wasn't Oregon, it wasn't even USC or Utah. They lost to Cal, so I mean, this is either a great thing or an awful thing because now if we take down Cal or if we take down some of these teams that upset, that's gonna look great. That's gonna look great for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way you have to look at it. We can't go any. We can't go into any of these games afraid. And it kind of looks like USC uh, is creeping up on Utah for best team in the Pac-12 South. Which we kind of wrote off USC last week, to be we honest. Uh, we thought it was going to be Utah up there. Uh, so it's going to be much more difficult than we anticipated for the Sun Devils to uh, be competitive in the Pac 12 and have a chance of winning the Pac 12 South. We just got to hope that, I mean, we're going to be on one of the sides of the upsets, hopefully. Hopefully it starts mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm, exactly. But I do know one thing for sure I know that the Arizona Wildcats are not going to win the Pac 12 South. I can promise you that no. much. That's and a fact. That's and UCLA just, has got no chance either. Yeah. I'm, I mean, now it looks like a six-team race as of right now. I, any of these teams, because I think you look at the North also, there's four teams up there who are – or there's three teams who are currently ranked, and Cal's knocking on the door to be ranked. Stanford just fell out of being ranked. Thank God we're in the South, but Utah and USC are now ranked. Boulder has a, a win against the top 25 team. And I – I think there's just a path here. I think Arizona State's next for a win against top 25 team. Yeah, and hey, just get into that Pac-12 championship game, win that South division, and hey, you can beat anybody. Anything can happen. It's going to be a fun season. I mean, the upset's are already starting. Yep. So thank you guys for listening. It's been a fun show, and we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we're going to be talking about a win versus a ranked team. Peace.